Hey, want to jump in here and just bring back up episode 250, Toys for Tots campaign put together by Seller Labs. It is such a great opportunity. I was with the seller on Friday. Uh, their team is working on it. I'm very, very excited. This is a chance for you to use the skills that you personally have developed. You've got sourcing muscles. Not many other people have it. And this is a chance where we can take and use our skills to help those less fortunate. All the information's on episode 250. Such a great cause. Give back, give back, give back this time of year. Thanks. Hope your Q4 is going good. It's a great time to be selling and sell a lot. Watch your repricers. I just got whacked on one, lost $15 a unit. I didn't lose. I lost in profit because I should have blocked one. Wasn't paying attention, so please do. Let me tell you about a couple sponsors. Um, you know, Scope from Seller Labs. If you're not using it to even just to take your wholesale accounts, of course you got to use it for private label, right? You need to understand the keyword. You want to understand a keyword, go look at your competitors, get their keywords, and then use them. That's smart business, right? Because they already have proven that proof of concept. But take the same approach to your wholesale accounts. Make sure that those keywords are in there. If not, upload those changes. Many times you can't, but many times you can. Take advantage. Scope from Seller Labs. Go to sellerlabs.com slash scope. Use the code word momentum. Save a few bucks. Get a few keywords. Get your listings found. Got to find that keyword and scope will be the product that will help you there. Solutions for e-commerce. Karen Locker, you know, again, you hear me talk about her because she is my account manager. She's been doing a great job. Again, I had some stranded listings and I noticed them down there on the bottom right-hand corner. They're gone. I look back and they're gone and I see stuff submitted. I see stuff returned. It's such a great process because I don't have to pay attention to that. I can pay attention to the other parts of our business. Solutions for e-commerce slash momentum will save you 50 bucks. Lowest price she offers and you still get the inventory health report. Take a look at it. Get set up for 2018 now. Tell Karen I sent you. When you're thinking about um, Q4 lists and I hope you don't use them just Q4. I hope you use them all year long. Again, you want to learn how to fish, right? And so the best thing to do when you're buying a list is look at what they're doing and how they're doing it and then figure that out on your own. That's the approach that Gay Lisby uses in her million-dollar arbitrage list. It is closed for the rest of this year. However, I have asked them and they have said they would do it. If there's an opening, they will pull from the wait list. Okay, so I have the link out on my uh, site on this episode that'll have a, uh, a link that'll take you right onto the wait list. So get on the wait list if there's something that you're interested. Remember, she's going to give you a seven-day free trial, so there's nothing to lose. But then once you get in there, take advantage. Learn how to fish, right? Sharpen your tool, you know, sharpen your skills, I guess is the right phrase I should use. Okay, so again, I have that link out on this episode, so jump out there and get on that list. You know, GoDaddy, and uh, Grasshopper are both national sponsors of the show. I'm very fortunate. Um, I have a third one coming on in February. I'm very excited about that. But GoDaddy, I use them uh, just with somebody who had a great idea for an uh, uh, for a domain, and I'm like, use my link, save thirty percent. Thirty percent. Yes, they pay me. We all know that. However, thirty percent's real. I use it myself because I want to save the thirty percent. So it's trygodaddy.com and slash momentum. Right, trygodaddy.com slash momentum, and you're going to save 30%. Grasshopper's the same deal. Try grasshopper.com slash momentum, and you're going to save 50 bucks. Um, I saw somebody else just signed up for it. The service makes you 
a professional. All of a sudden, your business has a phone number, has a vanity phone number. You can kind of create your own one if it's available. But you don't need a second phone. And I think that's the big thing. It's not Google Voice, which is choppy. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. This is professional stuff. Press 1 for customer service. Press 2 for my Amazon account manager, which would go to Karen's team. I mean, this is a great opportunity. So it's trygrasshopper.com slash momentum. Save 50 bucks. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 259, Phil Singleton. Okay, this dude is smart. Clearly, he has an enormous amount of experience in helping create what he called a web asset. Had not heard of that phrase. And you know, it's funny is I'm a former accountant and yet I've not thought about it that way, but it makes perfect sense, right? You create a site or a presence that has value, marketable value, whether you sell services, you sell goods, or you just bring um, <clears throat> an audience that is interested in what you do, you now have marketable value. There's value in selling that business. And as I point out, it could be more value than a brick and mortar, depending on what it is. And so, you know, if you gain authority over a subject and you um, continue to bring an audience and then eventually you bring a product to them, they're likely to buy from you because you're trustworthy, right? You've gained their trust. You've earned it in the long game. And so um, Phil is one of the sharpest guys I've talked to who knows an enormous amount about this stuff, helping larger accounts really get to that level. This is the world we live in today. Great, great interview. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest, a little different. Um, and you know, I, I get approached by PR companies a lot and most of the time I ignore them um, because they just always tell me they got a better solution, blah, 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 blah. But this one really struck me because what I appreciated about um, Phil, and I'll introduce him in a second, was he has walked the walk and not only talks the talk, but walked the walk. I love, uh, he's involved in a book and I enjoy the book. I enjoy duct tape market. I enjoy all that stuff. And I look back to see what he's accomplished. And I'm like, this is the kind of thing that we've all been talking about. We know we need to have control of our own destiny, whatever that means for you. And I think that Phil has some advice and, and maybe can offer some insight in what it really takes because it's not easy. Welcome, Phil Singleton. Welcome, Phil. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's not easy, is it? Um, no, it isn't. You know what I mean? But if I think if you set things up the right way and take little baby steps at a time, um, you know, you can build a mountain. Um, but is it, make, is make it a like difference. a master garden? Like, I mean, I, I always use this, uh, I, you know, try to get people some perspective to think about what it looks like, right? So I think about like, if you have a big house, right, and you've got all this property, you develop this plan of attack, right? I want to have this master garden, I'm going to have this over here, and this, and that. but you can't do it all at once. However, I'm working towards it. Whenever I'm doing something I'm like, Oh, does that fit in my big plan? Yes, then I'm going to go forward with it, right? Is it is it the same approach? Because then the problem comes is a storm comes and it wipes everything out, and then you're like, oh, that didn't go so well. And is it exactly. the same thing? You know, I think it's I think it's very similar. Um, you know, I think about e-commerce and e-commerce stores and eBay and Amazon. I think about the same way almost I do in some cases, podcasting and even content on people's own websites. A lot of folks, you know, will 
will do these kind of one-dimensional things where they put their stuff, whatever they want to sell, their information, a lot of times up on a third-party platform that they don't control, right? Hmm. So then, you know, we talked about those before the show in the green room, so to speak, where, you know, it's going to be a scary thing where you don't, if you don't have a single place um, as an archive uh, or a referral source for all the things that you've been doing, it's a scary prospect that somebody can come along one day and reshuffle the deck like Google does or change rules or you know, get the wrong end of the stick on a ruling maybe from eBay or Amazon or something like that. And it really has a, can have a huge impact on your business almost overnight. And if there is no fallback plan or you don't have a way where you've created like a, your own web asset that you own, um, it's tough to start over again, right? Ooh, and that's, that's really a big what phrase, I a web asset. Ooh, I've never heard that, dude. I mean, that's, ooh, I like and, it. Yeah, I think that's really what, you know, our whole approach is, is anymore, I mean, you want to have your own asset that you control. You want to set it up um, in a way where you can get multiple benefits and not just think of kind of these, I think I think of digital marketing a lot as one-dimensional tactics. So that's a lot, what a lot of folks end up doing. I mean, I think about the blog launch or yeah, the give, give an example go ahead give an example well great here's an example one of for a way that we strategy that we put into place every single day for our clients um blogging if you're going to have a website up you want to make sure that you set it up in a way that again is the referral source for all your content and the best way to get traffic and get higher conversion rates off of your own website is to blog right so but if you think about blogging and this is going to tie all together into into a more holistic strategy um blogging is great if you do it one blog post at a time, right? In a way where you're maybe targeting keywords or targeting something that's trending or finding some way that you can demonstrate authority in whatever product or niche that you're trying to sell in. But what ends up happening is if you just do one one blog post, you're losing out on an opportunity if um, to get to really repurpose it in a way that can help you grow your business and grow your brand. And what I mean by that is, let me give you an example. We for all of our clients that we work with, we blogging is a, an important part of it, but the way we do it is we do them in series. So we'll do them in a series of, um, say, 10 or 15 at a time. We'll sit down with the client and brainstorm some kind of a how-to guide or some kind of table of content so that we can have these independent blog posts, almost as chapters that are standalone posts that can go on the website, grow out the pages, be distributed to social media, and do all these things for you. But at the end of, like say, 10 or 15 weeks, we stitch these together into an ebook. The ebook then becomes a call to action on the website or a free giveaway to give somewhere else, right? We then take that ebook and we and we spin it up into a Kindle. The Kindle then goes up onto Amazon where we make our where we make our clients an author. And this is a very important point because I've actually done this and exploited this myself. If you go onto Amazon now and you optimize, say, the content that you've repurposed from your own website. Um, you can then start showing up in searches in Amazon, almost use Amazon against itself, right? So if you go into Amazon right now and type in local SEO or SEO and that kind of stuff, you'll see, typically see one of my books come up in the top, you know, one or three spots, right? So I'm out there leveraging that asset, getting an inbound. And we've done this in a way where, again, we're kind of leading everything back to to our own asset that we've created. But we've done we've done it so in a way that it's been more strategic and we're getting multiple wins off of the essentially the same amount of work. Because you've one, you've got this place where you can, you know, like I say, your your website has to be an asset. I look at it almost you have to it's almost like your publishing platform. Mm -hmm. But again, you do this in a way where you're strategic about it, and you can get all these additional wins um, and out of it while still kind of finding a way to draw that back to your website, where you can kind of build your own audience and trust. So thinking about an e-commerce site, so. You know, and I, I guess I should qualify this. We have people that are WalMarts that sell everything, 
And then we have people that are specialized and sell their own products, their own, they're trying to create a brand, right? And, and I think there's a big distinction between the two, right? Because the approach has to be a little different. Um, so, so with the specialist and they're selling uh, sports water bottles, I'm having to look at my Starbucks cup here, but let's just call it sports waters bottles. So the, the content would be, you know, probably sports related, that kind of thing, right? Health related, that, that makes sense. Now, if I'm selling sports water bottles and washing machines and typewriter ribbons, remember a typewriter, um, and pens, right? I'm just thinking of different things. How do you, how do you, what's your advice there? I mean, it, it has to be two different types, correct? Exactly. And I think you get to a really important point about what wins and what converts today online. And what really does it is some type of a niche-based opportunity. Hmm. So the way to beat Amazon in terms of like getting Google rankings and this kind of thing where you can actually be found online is to beat them niche by niche because it's a huge you – know, Amazon's huge. Um, eBay's you know also really big, but Amazon kills it on. Not only is it a source where people just go directly, but they've also got really good uh, Google rankings on a lot of different things, right? And Google still is the one um, place where people tend to go to look for some type of information. As the as the, as the um, ticket item goes higher and higher, then the more Google searches you're going to see, and the more research people are going to do um, to make that kind of decision. But but the way to beat them really is to, and when I mean beat them, I mean beat them in a Google search so that you have a chance to come up on the first page or even beat them on their rankings, is to, one, have a niche base on your website. So you're here selling, you're either selling one type of product and demonstrating to Google that you're an authority and more of an authority in that space than Amazon is, or you're maybe doing a different way where you're, you're selling a lot of different things, but maybe to a specific industry or niche. But if you go up and try and go head to head and say, I'm going to be the, you know, the next Amazon, that's to be really tough because one of the reasons they beat everybody with, through Google is because they're so huge and have accumulated so much authority. And actually, if you look at their products, and I, I use Amazon a lot in terms of SEO and how to structure websites. Their product pages are essentially websites. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much information on them. There's so much proof. There's so many reviews on it. You know, there's videos and this kind of stuff. Um, but if you go to, a lot of times what would happen if you go to, an independent website, those product pages tend to be pretty thin, right? It's just got a description and stuff, and you don't see near the amount of information on it. So Amazon's got kind of got our head up on, on a lot of so folks. So that's the miss right there, right there. That's a right, huge miss. Right there. Huge so miss. so that example, let's go back to my sports water bottle. Because Amazon has, you know, 5,000 sports water bottles, and each one of them has huge pages of data behind it, correct? Yes. Uh, if Steve's water bottles has just the image and the price and, hey, it's a great thing to take uh, biking or some nonsense, right? I got no shot. None whatsoever. That miss right there. It's it, it gets to a bigger problem. That's a that's a huge miss, right? I think so. When we get and we work with our e-commerce clients, the first thing that we're trying to do is obviously get it there, make websites that are more authoritative, make sure that they've got blog posts in there, um, more content on them. We're actually also one of the things that you want to do that we've seen this time and time again is, you know, you want to create these rich category pages where they almost become like mini landing pages. Mm -hmm. So we're working on like a luxury. Um, we've got a client that's a luxury watch seller, right? So obviously having a lot of trust on that site is really big. Um, but what we've done in, in order to help beat the Amazons and other larger players in the niche is we're creating these rich, almost mini websites for each brand that they sell. 
So before, where it would just be a category page, where maybe there would be products listed on a category page and no introductory content. Now we've got, you know, a a nice slider at the top with information. We've got the products where you can easily see them. Then down below, we've got like 300 words of text that explain, you know, the history or why this thing's really good. We have blog posts that are pulling onto that page. When you land on that category page for that particular e-commerce product, it looks like its own website, almost kind of in Amazon fashion. We're pulling reviews up in it. Then we take it down even further that when you actually get into a product on on that thing on that um, site we're, we're getting we're trying to develop and build more information on the particular product so that that you know model number or what, or what have you has a better chance to start um, um, outperforming Amazon's and in, uh, in in on Google and whatnot so so back to our example so the sports water bottle I think you did a good job explaining that that you'd have to make it rich and you go all deep and get everything there when you're trying to be the Walmart you really either are going to do one for your sports water bottle and do dedicated pages for your washing machines and dedicated. I mean, it goes on and on and on, and then it's just probably insurmountable, right? You, it, cause then really only, tough. Yeah, and, and the only thing you're going to be able to compete on is price. If you niche down, and so if you look at the top-selling items that you can replicate, that's the place to go and develop um, because that has the potential to be something, right? And, and you, go all in on that. So one of the things you could do just to put a little spin on it is if you really wanted to sell a – because the problem with SEO in general is the more you tie and, try and optimize for mm. more competitive things, the more you dilute the overall value of the website because it just gets harder and harder to rank for things you know, when Google looks at these as independent right things. Like they're going to look at washing machines, a different type of search than water bottles. So the more you add things that are different on, on your website, kind of the harder, unless you're like an Amazon that's got so much authority and so much things written, they've kind of, they've been able to overcome that SEO dilution. Well, does it hurt so if you just do books? I'm just going to use, make it an easier example. If I'm a book specialist and I do a book only website, that's different. Much easier. Because it's a category. I think you said that earlier, and I'm, I'm, I probably missed it, but it's a category. Yes, and it get, the more you can niche down and define who your like ideal clients are and the more you can build a website around them, the better, right? So if you niche into books, maybe the butch, books gets down to a certain kind of book, and then maybe it's even a certain kind of discipline. Then the, the more you can kind of niche into it, the better chance your site has to rank for something that's competitive. So on the other hand, now the one thing I was going to get at, you could, I think, have a broader, more diverse um, uh, product or service offering if you try and niche it in other ways, right? So if I wanted to be a mini Amazon online seller in maybe Kansas City, I could have a site that has maybe a broader listing of things. But since I'm so focused on Kansas City and have so much Kansas City related content, I might be able to outrank in that region for a specific city. Or if I wanted to say I wanted to be the Amazon of broad reach of services and go after a certain industry, like I want to sell to um, specifically to, say, nurses around the world, then you can really start because then you're going to get a little bit more a targeted um, type of a situation. Your products will probably be a little bit more targeted in that area. You might have a chance to rank uh, outrank um, the bigger players in that space because you've niched down um, to that level. So in that example, right, I, I think that's a good example, the nurses. So you need to gain authority, right? And then I guess trust on Google, is that what happens that over time you, you earn trust based on content? And I mean, I'm, I'm not clear on how that happens. Okay. So there's a great, I mean, boy, it's not really in a great way because there's a, um, Google 
has, um, of course, the way they rank websites is all based on a complex algorithm of hundreds of factors, right? But what's interesting about Google is they hire this independent army of 10, I think it might be even closer to 15,000 search, evalu- uh, search um, evaluators, search quality evaluators, they call them. So they literally hire people for $10, $15 an hour to manually check the quality of the results for different kinds of searches. Now, before you become a search quality evaluator, which I think essentially are mostly, I think, independent contractors, but they might have some that are actually employees. Um, you have to read this guide. It's a 167-page guide about it's, – and it's meant for everybody because it's really meant just for a part-time person to be able to come out and say, okay, I'm going to read this guide. Now I know what Google wants to see in order to determine if this is a quality web page or whatnot. So inside this document, you can read. You just search up – if you do a search for – I can send you the link to it. It's like um, you just do a Google search for Google search quality guidelines. Um, it's fascinating because it, to me it, may, it lets you look into the soul of what Google wants, right? Because they're actually having f- people manually check what they want their algorithm to deliver, okay? So inside this document, they're very specific on what they want to see on the website in terms of – they actually got some acronyms in there to make it simple. The biggest one they repeat over and over again is EAT, EAT, Education, mm. Authority, and Trust. And then they give you specific examples of what they want to see on your website, right? So they talk about robust about us pages, testimonials, uh, making sure that you can see who the people are, who owns the website, who wrote the content, where they're located. If you see a lot of e-commerce websites that don't provide any information or where they are, where they're located, that is a not a trust signal, right? It's the opposite of having a trust signal. So um, having a you know blog in there that shows rich content, that shows people, again, blogging, they got to the first one in that acronym is E, right? Education. Well, how are you going to educate? You're going to provide blog posts or eBooks or show people that you're actually an authority in your, in your space, which makes you more trustworthy, which makes them more, um, which make, so if you look at how they're instructing their evaluators to grade the results, you know what the goal of the algorithm is when they go in and try and use their crawlers to grade and look for these signals. Is that, I know it's kind of getting, this gets a little bit abstract, but. No, I think um, it makes sense. So you, you actually have a guideline and if you follow the guideline, well, give it, give an example. Have you used that guideline to, to help somebody improve? And, and if so, what did it do for them? I just, well, here's what happened is I had always been reading about it myself and this year, the beginning of this year, and they change it two or three times a year. They change it three times this year. But they had a really major change to this guideline book um, in February of this year. And it was almost in total response to the election cycle. So what ended up happening uh. is they saw that people already inherently don't trust the internet all that much. That's why Google's so powerful is because it's a tool to go in there and search and do your own due diligence, so to speak. But what ended up happening is something that was already inherently not very trustful became a lot less trustful after the um, election because there's all this fake news people are talking about and people getting ripped off. So they went in and really doubled down on trying to figure out how do we establish that these websites and web pages are trustworthy. So they amped it up quite a bit. And when I saw that, I was like, holy cow, I'm going to actually have to redesign my own website. And I actually did that and just spent some time. Obviously, we spent work harder on our clients than we do on our own website. So I read this in February and didn't launch my website until my new one, my KCWebDesigner.com website until um, October. Uh, last month, almost immediately, my organic tra- uh, rankings doubled, 
and my conversion rates improved markedly, at least 20%. So I know I was being rewarded for hitting those spots because if you go on my website now, you see it's like loaded with trust and authority. I mean, I literally have, you know, here's our clients, here's what people have said about me. It's a lot less about the products and the services on the homepage, and it's more about proof about how I am trustworthy and authority in my niche. And that's that's and, and you can do that on a homepage, right? Because you can still showcase your stuff as an e-commerce, you know, show your things, build up um, a lot of trust signals and, and items throughout the page of your website, and then drive people where you want to drive them in terms of you know your call to action or the products and all that kind of stuff. But that's a really specific example, and I know this is pretty much the way forward. And the things that we did before um, still work. You know, the fundamental parts of SEO and having a good website, building content, knowing your keywords and all this kind of stuff are still really important. But you looking at your own site in terms of i almost look at it in terms of like a um almost like a uh you know a criminal law case it's like you you're trying to present proof in front of the jury the jury are you know are the are your potential clients about you know why you're the best you have to provide them like evidence and proof right and in most cases it's third party stuff so if you fill up your website with just hey here's what we do and don't provide like additional third party proof about that that can back up the claims you're making on your website um, you lose an opportunity for conversion but I think you're also losing an opportunity for rankings because these are the things that Google's really looking for to to give you more visibility so how do they I mean as you're describing that I mean I I always thought it was this AI computer that was sitting there making these decisions. But you're talking that there is some human inter intervention, right? And it needs to be, right? Because they're, they're trying to measure, right, based on this chain, ever-changing thing. And so there's, there's, there's got to be some emotion in it. These people have influence, that much influence? This 15,000 people have that much influence yes. in a website? They're not, exactly. Because they got to use some way to... Um... To take a step backwards, everything the way that they rank websites is, you know, is automated. I mean, there are some things Google will, will do, like they actually have an army of folks offshore that will look for websites that have flags and do something called a manual action. So the algorithms will will, puna, will penalize your site if they see you're doing all sorts of shady backlinking stuff or keyword stuffing. That A lot of that process is automated, but some people are sneaky about it and can get underneath the radar of the, the algorithms, the filters. And it throws a flag up, and they've got a man. They've got a different set of people that go in and will actually say, "Hey, you're doing this wrong. You're cheat. You're essentially they don't say it like this, but they say you violated our guidelines. You have a manual action penalty, and then you have to go address that. So that's one thing that will it, that is a manual intervent, intervention on your website to lower the visibility on on the search results. Now the quality raters are really just kind of a, a secondary way for them to get some human feedback. Hmm. So that will grade the changes that they're making so it's not just totally you know let it loose to the to the algorithms in terms of and they can't you know it's hard for them they can't just go in there and be manually checking stuff all day long so it makes sense that they would have some kind of a, a sampling to make sure that um that that the people you know people are out there and can give them some feedback and then they can use that feedback then to make tweaks onto the um, onto their algorithm to improve it because Google's whole thing is they have to re they have to produce um, trustworthy, high quality, you know, relevant results to people. Because when that stops and they lose that trust, people oh, won't gone. use it anymore. Exactly, right. they're gone. So, so that, so they've got all sorts of different ways, I think, to um, to do that. <laughs> now, I do think they're cannibalizing themselves with the way they're, you know, almost kind of over, you know, overdoing the AdWords stuff. But um, I think they're going to keep doing that until at some point they're going to realize, hey, you know, people aren't using us because this is becoming like ads and not. Um, 
not my own research type of thing. Yeah, at some point, there's a saturation. And you can only make, you know, they should only make so much money. At some point, they got to sit back and say, no, it's content, content, content. Quality matters. Ultimately, you win the long game, right, rather than the short term. So when I look at your website, so I'm looking at Kansas City. So it's kcwebdesigner.com. Uh, yes. We'll pitch your stuff, kcwebdesigner.com. And so first thing I noticed in the top right-hand corner is your phone number. So I imagine from a trust point of view, it's like, okay, this is a real place I could actually call, right? And so that that's probably a pretty big thing. And then I come down and I see you actually have real clients, uh, their logos with links to them. Then I see, um, you know, your Kansas City's most recommended, they're saying, uh, with some people who I guess are testimonies. And then here's a book. As you said, you took content and created a book. Um, and I, I assume, it, is it a printed book? It looks like a printed book, but is it an e-book? Yep, it's, uh, it's a printed book. It's a okay, it's a printed book. Pages, okay. I think okay, and so then we got uh, other experts from the field endorsing your work. Um, you're laying claim to 60,000 websites. Um, that's through we a go- plugin. We have an SEO plugin that's kind of has been taken off this last year. So that's kind of how we help. But it makes sense. I'm buying it. And then I come down and it says, hey, here's where I'm featured at. So, you know, uh, here's what I've done or here's here's places I've been. And they all are pretty big names like, yeah, I think Entrepreneur, Forbes. Yeah, they're, they're probably going to make it, right, Inc. Um, and you come down and then you offer your services and stuff and even more blog posts and then you have your little award. No, I don't mean downplay it. I don't mean it that way. They're just small image-wise. Um, and then there's a massive gorilla. And so <laughs> all that combined, where they are small compared to him, all that combined, not one of those things, it's all that combined to get that effort to be optimized. Is that is that right? Part of it, you can see the site's got a lot of content on it. But also as you scan down, if you don't know who I am, in 30 seconds, I just established a lot of authority and trust yeah. on folks, right? Right, right? There's no question that I've got some. So it just – I put the proof down, and that's what I want you to do. I want you to scroll down, and by the end of the game, if you're thinking about web design, it's if you're in – especially if you're in Kansas City, I'm on your short list. You know, I'm going to get a phone call, and it's up to me to kind of close it or have the rest of the process that makes it simple. But you don't see a whole lot of me – of the – you know, the services or the packages or anything down below, I kind of put it. And a lot of that really, to be quite honest with you, is Google ranks websites that have more content on them. Hmm. So there's this balance that we're trying to play with having things um, uh, rank and but not be cluttered, but also give Google enough where they're going to latch on. Because at the end of the day, they're still ranking quite a bit on content and words. So to the extent that, you know, a phrase um, and variations of a phrase exist on a page, and they can link that up with the searcher's phrase, then you're going to have a higher trance. That's a really big ranking factor. Um, and, and just to go on beyond that, there's been several studies that show, you know, a 2,500-word um, page is going to tends to rank a lot higher than a you know a, 50, a, a page that's really thin or doesn't have anything. So you got a lot of folks that'll go out there and just um, have like a slider and a couple words, and then maybe a few products on the front, and there's nothing on the homepage for the search engine to latch onto. Um, so what we try and do is make the messaging simpler above the fold, but people are so used to scrolling now that you got infinite scrolls on Facebook and a lot of other places where you'll go that it's not – you get clients, I think, that get a little bit worried about, oh my gosh, my page is so long. But if we think about how we go through – especially on, on phones now, mobile devices, I mean that's all you're doing is scrolling, you know, scrolling right. down type of thing. So you get to be able to do two things here. You can kind of make the messaging – about the client and about what you can do clear 
above the fold and toward the top of the page. And you can load the content a little bit more with some people that want to dig in, provide them some more information, but also some more Google-friendly text. Maybe get that down more mid-page and lower in the page. And then you can kind of serve those two masters, right? Because clients want stuff that's easy. I want to get to it, and I want to know what the pricing is. But So clients want, I think, they want to be um, potential customers. It's almost like they want to be the hero um, on, on your site or they should be the hero on your site. But Google wants to see that you, the service provider, are the hero. So you're kind of trying to ma manage this balance, right? Because they want to rank heroes. They want to rank authorities and people that are educational and trustworthy type of deal. And your client wants to be the hero when they got a type of deal and want you to be the guide, so to speak. So that's what you're trying to do on a web page these days on every page of the site is to provide this kind of stuff. Because when you have a website, and you came in and saw my web my website, but you know blog posts rank really, really well. So a lot of times if you're blogging um, or even product pages tend to rank really well if you, if you can set those things up right, a lot of times those are going to be the entry point to your site. This is really important because not everybody comes to your website through your homepage and Google doesn't necessarily want to rank only homepages. So mm. when we set websites up, in fact, if you drill down on my, my website a little bit further, you're going to see any of the pages. I've got a sidebar so that, and, and some top almost kind of mini header stuff where if you're coming into it, it almost kind of looks like, you know, blog post almost kind of looks like a mini landing page. I got a headline title at the top. I got the content over to the left, but I've got a sidebar that makes things a little bit sticky and show some other ways to get and try, try and show a little bit of that proof and stuff because they came into the, um, they visited my website, you know, through, through an inner page and not, not through the homepage. So it definitely goes also deeper and deeper and deeper as I'm watching it through. And so each one of those things, does that help you gain trust? Is that, is that part of the message? I mean, each one of these layers over time, because each one has their individual trust factor, and then collectively, is there a collective yes. effort? Yeah. Yeah. So the bigger the bigger your website is in terms of okay, you're going to have products if you're an e-commerce website, but particularly in terms of blogs, I mean, they, you want to have educational web stuff on your website and grow it out, and it should be. Um, oh, one of the things in the in the in the um, search quality evaluators guidelines that I mentioned, and they repeat this over and over again, is they say. Does the page or does the site have a satisfying amount of MC? And they use MC a million times. Um, what is MC on a web page? It's main content. So they give their screenshot after screenshot in there that shows like, you know, here you have this and where's the main content? Where are you placing your ads? Are the ads valuable? Or is it, you know, they, don't, they, they basically show you where you're going to place the ads on the page. How much content are you going to have? You know, are the ads relevant and are they valuable or are they valuable to the, per, to the person that's on that page? So there's a big emphasis on, you know, content in there. And if you've got products, that's great because you're going to grow your website out. And like I believe, you should over time on those product pages on your own website, add more descriptions, add user reviews, add even videos to the extent that you can over time build those out. But one of the best ways that you can establish yourself to your clients and to Google is to maintain an active blog where you've got these you know, authoritative posts. So Google, I believe, they don't come out and explicitly say this, but if you read the guidelines, I mean, it's like it's almost like they're telling you this in so many words. Is, and I see this already because the clients that we have that blog do much better than the ones that don't. Um, you're growing your site out. You're adding more relevant content to it. Um, the more pages that you have on your site that are, have relevant content to what you're selling is, again, an on-page trust factor and that kind of thing. So, yeah. So building that out. And, but if you see at the end, you're almost kind of making the site almost like, again, your referral source for your content. Um, and, and I think one of the things I mentioned at the beginning was – I think one of the biggest mistakes we see just for small businesses in general 
is if they do anything online, like say for their own business, they're usually putting that stuff on somebody else's platform. So obviously we see this on e-commerce because people have to put it to access eBay and Amazon, that stuff to get access to their customers. But we see this also just on regular you know, home services, local small businesses, where they'll, if they've got something cool, they put it up on Facebook. You put it up on Facebook, you've got that's almost kind of like a chance at, at a real-time view, and then it kind of goes through the river and never sees it again. The best way to do that really is to post that content up on your website, share the link back so that those people have to come back to your website to see it so you get that traffic signal back and you get a chance to interact with them and maybe get them on your your email list or offer them that ebook that you made um and then but also more importantly when you put stuff up on a third-party platform especially like on a facebook let's say for example facebook's not the best search engine to find historical answers right <laughs> not, but, that's not at all Right. So if you put that post or develop that post and put it up on your website and you share it on Facebook, you get the advantage of reaching right. that social audience. But now you've actually put it on your website in a way that the Google will cr- you know, Google will crawl it, and it can be an answer to somebody's questions forever. And I think that's a big, you know, important point in terms of when we talked about web asset and building your website as a referral source for all your content and that kind of stuff. That's why I'm a big believer, no matter what. I mean, if you're an e-commerce seller. And you've, you, your whole business is based on these third-party platforms. There's nothing to really stop you now, even if you want to dip your toes into getting some kind of a website for your own business. Even if it's a simple website, you know, a simple WordPress website, and get it up, and maybe just working over time um, to add some content on there and, and figure out where you've got this kind of home base, so that you've always got almost kind of a plan B building up. And if you spend just a little bit of time to it over months and you know, potentially years, it'll actually start to drive its own traffic. And, um, you know, you're ready to kind of maybe turn it on, I think, when you would need to down the road. How often does, do you recommend a blog post? So, so let's go back to this example. So I'm selling sports water bottles. And so my sports water bottle site, um, I need to have content. I'm going to, let's just say I'm going to focus on running, right? I'm, I'm the farthest thing from running. I like to drive. But anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so we're going to talk about running. So I'm going to now be an authority on running and therefore be able to talk about sports water bottles, right? How often and is it just uh, written word or can it be video? Should it be video? Should it be a podcast? What should it be? Um, I – in general, everything that we, we do, I mean, I think to me, like blog posting is kind of the heart and soul of it. Even if you think about like podcasting, like I'm in launching my own podcast right now after being on several shows, I can see all sorts of value into it. But a, a good podcast really is essentially a a high production blog post, right? Yes, it gets distributed on third party platforms, but the people that do it right put it on their website, make that an anchor piece of content. They make show notes on it or prescribe the, the, the transcription. They actually put the audio file on the page so that um, people can click through it and actually listen to it on the page. And this is really important because Google looks a lot at signals on your own website. So one of the signals that a lot of SEO experts talk about the last two years anyway is something called dwell time. So they stay away from bounce rate a little bit because somebody can come to one page of your website and then leave and the traditional – uh, definition of bounce rate was people go to your website and then bounce off of it and not click any other pages. Well, it's really not the case. Somebody comes onto your product page and stays on there and buys and doesn't go to the home page or any other page. That the bounce rate doesn't mean anything. It did its job and it did it really well. 
Um, it's the same thing with a piece of content or a podcast or a blog post. If you've got a podcast on your website and have show notes on it and somebody clicks on that audio and listens to it, they're going to stay on your page a lot longer. And people actually listen to audio files a lot longer than they do video, right? So video is great because it's great proof. Um, and people, I think, look on it. But the problem with video is a two-minute video is really long. It commands all your senses, right? Where you can go and listen to a podcast or an audio file on your desktop for a while and still be doing other things. You can't do that with a video. Um, and and so, that, so that's really that's kind of gotten away off into a little bit of a tangent there. But for sure, p- podcasting, I think, is one of the most powerful um, forms of content marketing that you can have because you accomplish so many things on your site, access to new, you know, new people. Um, you get a great blog post out of it. You get a piece of rich media on there that goes onto the site. Uh, and it can increase your dwell time because people might listen to it on the site and they just have higher production value, right? Because you're going in and you're actually, in a lot of cases, people are making like custom graphics and they go out to social media and it's just a more launchable piece of content than a standard blog post. But if you're talking about how often you should do any of this, you should do it at least once a week, right? So podcasters, a lot of times, a weekly uh, uh, podcast. But if you're not into podcasting, it seems too hard. Definitely you want to at least do just your your standard um, weekly blog post, and that's where you're going to get, I think, the most benefit um, out of out of um, content marketing and SEO is to think about what types of, of content you put on your website that are going to that are going to be shared, and that are going to help you maybe get more search um, traffic, and then also help you increase the on-page trust factors on your site. Now, how do you decide on what things are going to to blog about? Well, there's a couple right. different things, right? One is to do some keyword research. Anybody that sells anything on, online should have at least some kind of idea on what people are searching for. If you don't, there's all sorts of tools you can go after. If you have, uh, you can go actually into Google, get an AdWords account without actually even spending any money, use a, a tool called Keyword Planner in there, and they will actually help you show um, – you type in a couple root keywords, and they'll actually feed you back a ton of different keywords that people are searching for in and around that product or service or that keyword. Once you have that list, it can give you an idea of how you need to like inject naturally put um, keywords onto your web page or in that blog post. But another important tool that I think you should try and manage things with is if you can go to other places like BuzzSumo, right? I think they've got a free tool, and there's a premium tool in there. But the reason why – Buzz Sumo is important is because you might select, okay, you've got water bottles and you might be able to go in there and say, okay, I see the water bottle keywords that I need to make sure that I can naturally weave into this blog post for, for this title that I've chosen. You can actually take those those keywords and then plug them into somewhere like Buzz Sumo, and then you can actually see what types of articles are trending and generating engagement related to that keyword. So this can be really important because then all of a sudden you can see what peop, what's trending out in the market, and then you, you automatically know that if you write about this trending topic that's related to this keyword and your business, once you start to distribute on social media, your chances of getting more shares are higher. So again, you're kind of doing – we're doing all these things. We're just talking about one blog post. We do the blog post. We do our keyword research. We weave them in naturally. We're thoughtful about our title and, and the words that we use in the blog post. And we also try and write about things that are trending in and around this particular topic that we're writing about. You can get a lot more ROI out of that post. And if you just – the big thing about really SEO these days is having an SEO mindset and thinking kind of like I am. Like when I put a piece of content out there, I'm constantly thinking – how can I think like Google and how can I put the right keywords and how can I make sure that I'm writing about what people are you're, and you kind of get into this mode where you're you're always kind of thinking in that um, 
in that mindset, and then you end up just getting a lot more out of any effort that you put online. But and then um, you then you market it uh, via Instagram, um, Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever other ones out there, right? Then you kind of, I mean, the the smart move is to make them similar, right? It's the same content, right? So if you're using an image for my running, and it happens to be, hey, there's a race in Kansas City, and I'm talking about preparing or whatever it is, right? I stay with that same theme. I get to use it on those other channels, drive them back to that blog post, right? Correct? Totally got it. In fact, right. I, we do a lot in WordPress. So we've got it down to where like, okay, I do a blog post. I put it up in there. I use this plugin called Snap Auto Poster. And it's beautiful because I plug into directly from WordPress inside the blog post. I, um, I've got 10 social media accounts that are directly connected through an API. So that when I hit publish, it goes on on my website, and then it basically drip feeds to all those social media channels. So it, today it goes out to Medium, maybe the afternoon it goes out to Twitter, tomorrow it goes out to Facebook. I'm not doing any of it. I mean, I'm just, all I did was put the blog post up and optimize it, right? Now my website's actually distributing it for me, and it's dripping it out there so we don't spam everybody at once. But it goes to all these major places so that you don't have to worry about all this manual type stuff. So it all really kind of gets back into that web asset making your website yeah. the hub of all your marketing, tying everything together so it all kind of comes back there and really doing it in a way that you can get multiple wins and not have to do a lot of work because I'm all about like how can I leverage this one piece of content or this one thing so I can get multiple wins out of it. And to me, it really comes back into just having this kind of SEO Google mindset. How do you how do you bake all this thing in one time and just get to your mind to the point where you're always kind of thinking like this and then you can just get a lot more benefit for, for everything you publish out there. Love it. All right, so let's uh, let's do this because I'm thinking about. I mean, I bet you people are saying, "Oh my God, this this guy just dropped five thousand words, right?" And I'm not doing any of them. I don't know where to start. It scares me to think about. That sounds overwhelming. All those different things. However, it really isn't. What you said in the beginning is, "Hey, you need to own a web asset, so you got to start right. Get a simple WordPress site." That would go back to the beginning. That's what it needs to be. So Steve, who has his own products, right, which is the, the smarter move, right, if you have your own products and you want to own your own future. So you're saying, let's get a web asset. So let's let's just walk somebody through what you would do with a standalone. First off, do you handle small clients that handle a couple hundred thousand dollars in sales, three, four hundred thousand dollars in sales? Is that not, too small? You know, not to, so our process is pretty much, and this is where you kind of, and this is where I, if you're if you're thinking about, I'm thinking about myself as I'm sure you've got listeners that are that are all in a different range, but if somebody's almost like exclusively on on Amazon or another third party platform and doesn't doesn't have a website, then I can see how investing in like a custom WordPress, um, WooCommerce, or even like a Magento website would be a a pretty big investment for us. Just to give you an example, if we build a, a new e-commerce website, somebody it's gonna. If this is a custom WordPress site, it would be ten thousand dollars starting, and sometimes it's more depending on how many products and stuff like that. But literally, you can go in and hire somebody, and we don't we don't really come in and do like the pre-made themes. But if I let's say I was okay, let's say if you I'm could do Shopify or WooCommerce, those are easy. I mean, well, those could, are but the plug and play. Shopify, yeah, well, Shopify is great, but the problem is Shopify is like this double. It's it's um, it's you're on that third party platform, but there's also a way that you can have a WordPress website and get all the SEO benefits of WordPress and still have that feed in. That's really the best of both words worlds on Shopify to me is having Wait, your own. So word say that again because I'm not sure I understand that. So, okay, so rather than just doing a standalone Shopify site, because again, that's not a web asset because Shopify can go out of business tomorrow, right? God forbid, they can go out of business and you're out of business. Correct. 
Okay, so there again is your advice. That's a third-party application. You have no control. That's not a web asset, right? I guess I can sell my Shopify store, but then I'm binding that new buyer. I'm limiting what their potential is because they're now bound to that, right? It's so, that. It's also that whenever you're on a third-party platform, it's not open source. If you want to do more advanced SEO on it later, you can't because it's somebody else's. Now, WordPress is open source. There's all sorts of people that go and figure out tools. So that's one thing. But here's the best of both words on Shopify is – you can have a standalone WordPress, custom WordPress site or a theme, and there's a plugin that Shopify has that enables you to feed it up onto your website as if it looks like your product. So meanwhile, you've got your own website. It's on your own domain. You can build content and your blog posts and all this kind of stuff. It's yours. You're still kind of on the hook a little bit with Shopify because you're using their platform. It looks like you're on your own website, but you're actually you're feeding it basically through the plugin. Um, but that's a, that would be the best way to me to use Shopify if you wanted to have your own asset. Because literally, if they did go out of business, you could eventually have WooCommerce, which again is an open source on your own server. It's your stuff. Nobody else is involved, right? Except for the software providers, and and the stuff. So that that's the best um, way I think that I would do it on a Shopify is to is to um, leverage their e-commerce system through a plugin. And I hope I'm explaining that. No, I think you are. And and for us in our little world, we all know that Shopify has a plugin to Amazon, which allows them to handle the um, the fulfillment side of it. So that's what's very attractive about that side, where you can, you can automate that whole process. And, and it, it's already developed, so there's not a lot there. So there's but, a great WordPress way that to, to, I think, leverage you know the best of both yeah, worlds. Yeah, so there. build it on WordPress, put the Shopify plugin, have that then linked in through Amazon and eBay. Actually, eBay, I think, is coming live this year where they're having a Shopify has a plugin too, where then the fulfillment can be handled through there. But still, that's still not the web asset. The original web asset is really still owning your own stuff because in fairness, um, Google will change its algorithm, correct? Amazon will change their algorithm and their rules and eBay will change theirs and all that kind of jazz. If I own my own website, I still own my own website, right? I mean, generally, uh, you know, I have some things I'm relying upon. My content is my content, right? And then when a new marketplace opens up and I can adapt to it the way I want. And, and I, think, I think I'm correct that generally somebody is very quick to develop a WordPress plugin for almost anything. Exactly. That's the beauty of it is like I have my I, I couldn't find – um, a schema plugin that I liked for, and I built one, and it's taken off in terms of free stuff. Well, but, explain um, to me what that is, because I'm looking at it, and I went and looked at it. And I'm like, okay, it's a, uh, it's called uh, uh, WP SEO structure, and I'll have links to all this stuff. WP SEO structured data schema, and I'm like, okay, let me see what this reads. And I, I'm about two paragraphs in, and I'm like, all right, I'm in over my head already. Right. I realize I'm like, all right, I'm not that smart. Well, Google's here's what it boils down to is Google's um, really gotten on the last year or two into doing a bunch of stuff, obviously. But in search results, if you've ever seen when you do, do a Google search and you'll see like a knowledge box pop up or inside the results, you see like a star rating or an event. A lot of that doesn't come up just 100 percent naturally. It comes by putting a little bit of extra code and tagging your website data than saying, hey, this is a review. And if you tell Google it's – because Google doesn't go in with its bot and just look at a phrase and say, gosh, this looks a lot like an actual review for a customer. Well, if you use like a plugin or a little snippet of code, you can actually instruct them and say, hey, Google, yes, this – and they've got like almost like a standardized way of like tagging them data on your website. So you can say this is an event time and you use the same, the same structure. Um, over and over again, then they get some trust in the type of data it is, and they'll feed it right into the results. So if you've ever seen 
this rich snippets they call it. If you've ever seen extra data come up in search results beyond the blue link and the little gray title and the green um, URL bar, that usually is the result of additional schema that's on a website. Sometimes Google will get enough trust and they'll try and be able to figure it out on a website. But more and more, when you see like a whole knowledge box come up like now, um, like if you do a um, um, search for say, are you, you're following me. If you do a search for like do uh, podcast booking services, right? You'll see a knowledge box come up that says what is. It tells you what it is. It gives you a little picture, and there's all sorts of examples like this. And if you type in for a recipe, recipes will come up. So schema is a way for you to go into a post or a page and say, here's what kind of data exists on this page. And then Google goes in there, and if they trust your website, and if they see that you have this extra tag on there. They'll show more information up into the search results. Well, and the that search- visual that visual thing is much more attractive yes. to me. When I, uh, I put in podcast booking services, and up came a whole bunch of crap, the ads, and then a ton of listings. But there's this one image thing that makes me want to click on it. So you're, when you use schema and you do it properly, you have a trustworthy website, you get more information displayed in the search results and your click-through rates go through the roof, right? Because it's like a giant free ad that you get. Yeah, it's a, it's a billboard. It literally looks like a billboard relative to everything because everything else is just plain, you know, just plain Jane um, stuff. However, this has a beautiful image. It's a, a little box to find around it. There's some highlighting or bolding that was done on these. And so it really shows, it really looks like, Steve, you got to click here. That is... Largely based on the way the page was set up, the trustworthiness of the website, and the fact that there is schema on there that told Google what this was all about. So they just trust that page a lot more to the extent where they're going to say, you know what? We're actually going to – not only do we trust this website and think it's a great answer to the solution, we're actually going to show it to people before they even get to the site. So this is huge, right? Uh, the star ratings are the best example because people even see this with products for e-commerce sellers. I mean that's golden when you can get up there, especially when there's not a whole like sheet full of them on the search results and you see that. You're going to be more inclined to click the four-star review. Um, so the trick is really to do all these things on your website, make sure you're doing all the organic SEO and, and building the trust factors, but also adding this additional code that helps Google take the guesswork out of what the content is about. So really what it does is it provides a bit more context to Google about what you're trying to, mm. to do. And then if they trust that more, they'll show more information in the results. And that's what this plugin does. It it's no guarantee for it, but it's when you, and it's pretty funny. If you go to like Google and look at, they've got a whole like, section and guide for developers on how to how to mark up a website with this type of schema it says on there just because you have it doesn't mean we're going to display it but it vastly increases your chances of yeah, getting it's it more likely than not i mean right not you're guaranteed not to see it okay exactly. so uh so let's let's go through a couple things all right so i want to i want to finish up with this um and i'm going to pitch all your stuff i'm going to put all the things out there uh you're generally handling larger clients i mean let's be clear on that um you're not interest not that you're not interested you can't handle all these small accounts however um, you can still offer advice and you still have lots of content out there that people who are looking for this and figure trying to figure it out you can go to and get all this advice so I'm gonna have all the links to all that stuff but I want to go back again and I want to make sure we get to that guy who started because we went off yes. on the side yes, exactly. I want to get that guy who's thinking about this saying okay Phil I really need to do something, I think. I sell my own products. They're my name. It's my brand. I want to create a brand. Where do I start? 
the best thing, and I think I honestly think everybody should do this. In fact, I hired somebody a few months ago that came into our operation. I said, I want you to have your own personal website just so you have it. So you're just getting out of school and you can start accumulating your own authority. And 10 years from now, you're going to thank me for having you have your own domain, the fact that you have this type of deal. Not only that, it's going to teach you a little bit about how web design works and you'll have it kind of in the background. So how do you, I mean, we can, we would don't advise people that really want to get into their site and say, go right into themes. There's a lot of themes about free WordPress themes that aren't great for SEO. One is they're not meant really for, for search and optimization. They're meant to sell for $59 to 100,000 people. Now, that being said, it's a great and it's probably the best way for, and it's way better than not having any website to start off with some kind of a customized theme, okay? And that's a lot less of an investment. Um, you still want to go in there and you can get a free one. Obviously, if you go to like Theme Forest or somewhere like that and you can pick one and get one for like $59 and they're really cheap that way. The problem with that is a lot of times to get it installed and to get it customized and get your content on and get up to speed, there's a bit more work in that. And you usually or you probably have some kind of a, a web designer or web developer help you get it to where it's somewhat customized and not this kind of choppy little deal. So in that case, you're probably looking at more like a $1,500, $2,500 maybe uh, uh, investment from a smaller boutique or even a freelancer, you just really have to do your homework when you get into that price range because that's where the, the cliche of the flaky web designer is. You know, they come in, they overcommit, they don't know what they're doing with the, the themes or they promise they can do other things and people feel burned when they come in and a lot of times. But on the other hand, there's a lot of great um, independent you know, smaller boutique shops that, that, that can give you a nice custom, customized WordPress theme instead of your own custom WordPress website that's built from scratch, kind of how we do it. Um, and that's a great way to kind of get started because what ends up happening is if you want to convert later and say, hey, you know what? I've got my website. My web business is doing a lot better. I'm ready to take the next step and hire somebody like Phil to really take us to the next level. We can use all the information because you've already in the WordPress format. We can use that database and a lot of that content and port it over to a custom website and, and leverage the work that you've already done so you don't right. lose you don't lot. lose the authority right exactly. you if whatever authority I've worked towards so okay so I get my site up let's say you know I get some help now I start you know do I just put all my my items for sale or do I start trying to build that reputation which is first Apple or the cart I would um, I would if it were me I would probably forego trying to to um, sell products on that site first. Because any web design right now, you get into it. It's it's a journey. It's a little bit messy. It gets tough, um, you know, to get in there with the product stuff and figure that out. But there's no reason why you couldn't still start, you know, setting up your own website, doing some branding, and starting on that authority type piece, right? And and getting some. So if it were me, and I, and I thought, well, gosh, having my own e-commerce website and a different platform seems a little bit overwhelming. Um, it might be a better step to come in. And say, let me just set up a standardized kind of a nice theme website that's got just like the blog posting and tie my social media to it, and start using that as kind of the hub. And I would actually, at that point, you start sending people back. You know, your pro whoever's got your products, I would still try and use your products as a way to you somehow still use an affiliate link, right? You could still you can link to your product in Amazon just as an affiliate of your own product. I mean, you could do it that way if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, and even support you, anything I and mean, get people coming to your website so that you can do things. You can set up things like AdWords um, retargeting or. Facebook pixel where you don't have to advertise to people yet, but as people come to your website, you could actually be building almost like a cookied audience 
so that when you want to retarget the people later, there are you've already got those like tags on there. So there's all sorts of things you can be doing again to build this asset on the turn on later. But if it were me and I was really like I'm the hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollar guy, I, I understand this and I totally wow, the light bulb's going off. I don't have ten grand or twenty grand to send on a custom e commerce website. Could I think about like a fifteen hundred or two thousand dollar investment into a theme to get to get some guy to help me put this together and start getting on like a blogging program? That's the way I would do it. I would first right. do I would first go into my theme. I'd start blogging and buy into that authority piece of it and start you know trying to get get into some kind of routine. Then as the business built, I would start socking maybe a little bit away to start thinking about you know what I I'm seeing this right now. I really want to have a secondary channel that I hope becomes my primary channel someday to sell these products, and that's kind of the way I would do it. Yeah, because you you now you you now have this authority. You already have an audience, and now I can market to my audience because I've built the trust. I've earned the right to do that. The other thing that you can do too is you can offer a warranty for your product. So I'm selling uh, sports water bottles. I guarantee it for life, or what have you. You can do that, and then have them come back. and And Amazon would allow this in their terms of service to come back to your site for the warranty implementation. Um, the, and then that way you then have that customer become your customer yes. as opposed to Amazon customers. Now you can't do that up, you know, you can't play games with it. You got to be honest and you got to make it right. You do have to replace their bottle because it's a warranty, but you do earn that right at that point and then they are your customer and then you get to market to them. And that's a pretty smart business model um, because ultimately, you know, you want to stand out. I mean, if there's 5,000 water bottles and there's, and there's more than that, there's probably 50,000 water bottles for sale on Amazon. How does one stand out? You're never going to be able to stand out other than playing with their, you know, search, right? You play their games with their searches and reviews right. what people Same are deal, doing. Right, you're trying to figure right. out that. Right, right. So ultimately, having a really good product on your own website someday when there is a way to get people to find it, that's really ultimately the way you win, right? Yes. The second piece of this that's a struggle for everybody that, that we've got ways around is um, blogging's really important. Almost no small business owner has time to write their own blog post, but they are the experts in their field. So one of the things that we do as a hack around that is to almost everybody these days almost ha unless you're going to do something like a podcast, which is great because it almost the the content's being done for you to some degree, and there's some tweaking. But we get um, we either in house we we use a, an outsourced uh, writing agency or we directly. Um, send people to writers, but being able to hook yourself up with a low cost, high quality writer is the key. Right. Use and, Upworks or something like that. Well, um, we, there's fiber. A, let me send you – there's a link I have that, that's got like the top 10 out there. I actually use one called The Content Company, which is fantastic. They're in Canada because I've used so – I've had this struggle for like years where it's like how can I outsource to somebody who's going to be able to research it and give it some – and nobody ever – when my post ever is able to turn something back that I don't edit. So I'll go back and I'll say, here's what I want to write about. Here's a here's a post that's kind of like that. Don't copy it, but use it as kind of inspiration. And here's the points I want to make. Somebody then go writes it for me. They turn it back. I do some minor editing and post it on my website. It saves me because none of us are writers. You know, these guys can write and they write all day long and it rolls off their tongue. For us as business owners, I mean, people will hem and haw over a blog post and then they procrastinate and then don't do it. Right. So if you're going to do a blog post and you buy into this authority and building it up, you almost have to find someone to help you out with a blog post, even if it's on a monthly basis, weekly is the best, bi-monthly, but there's a link I can show you that's got 10 great ones on there. Yeah, please um, send that to me, and I'll and, include that in the, uh, in the show notes. You, it makes no sense to invest even $1,500 or $2,500 in a theme and just let that thing go and die. That's what happens to majority of them, doesn't it? Right. 
Right. So mm-hmm. you got to find some, and but if you do it the right way, and you say I'm going to at least hire somebody to come in, and we're going to blog post, and I'm going to hook these up to my social media account, it's almost almost on autopilot. All you got to do is edit, click the publish button, and you can at least get that weekly or that you know um, once a month blog post pumping into your social media account. So you're when people go and see it, they're seeing at least weekly or monthly activity on it, and you've got this live website. And here's the most important part of this: Google is not going to crawl your website if it never changes. Oh. Again, this is why blogging – so e-commerce websites are great because a lot of times people are you know, they're adding and changing products all the time. So at least there's some change. But the blog is key to get those crawlers to crawl your website. And again, that comes to the, tr- the authority and trust something. These guys are investing in content on their website on a regular basis. I'm going to send my crawlers in there to crawl it. It's more likely that they're making this kind of investment, and we're seeing these other signals that they're more trustworthy. We're going to rank it higher. So you can kind of see where all these pieces you know, kind of come together type of thing. There's a lot more going on because I think when people think of websites, they're still thinking of – Oh, I see GoDaddy says or Wix or Weebly says $50 a month and I'll get on Google. And there's still this like digital brochure style like static website. Well, that's not what mm-hmm. they are. I mean to, to really help you make money, they got to be living, breathing like marketing platforms. And this is the hack into this that can actually – and you can be running this thing on autopilot for low cost. And over time, as you see it gain value, you can maybe start to develop a little more resource on it. And this, I think, is the way to higher margins and more direct business and not maybe necessarily you know, being worried every night, is, is Amazon going to shut my business down because of this um, scammy product or whatever you know, misunderstanding? Dude, you took me right where I wanted to go. <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, it's it exactly – it's a great way to close because I think you're, what you're saying makes perfect sense. So again, we're going to have our own website. We're going to have dedicated – product pages and those product pages are going to go deeper they're just not going to be static they're going to get living breathing i love also the fact that you're publishing content you're repurposing as dan miller always says deep repurpose your content right so you're you're putting that content out in other forms and other places and i love the way you also have push a button i'm going to look into this uh service to push a button um to put it out on all these other services rather than paying somebody to do it i just think this stuff all makes sense and again eventually I get to sell my product to you. If I tell you enough about sports water bottles and all the sports and all the rest of those things, eventually I get to say, hey, Phil, by the way, I have my own water bottle if you ever did know it. And, you know, maybe that'd be something you'd be interested in. And man, that's cool because that's how a brand, that's really how a brand, in the old days, you couldn't do this with a brand. You could do this today. You can. And the beauty about setting a website up, right? Just like I showed you on my site, if you set it up right and just accumulate some of your your track record and your trust, you can look like the people the, the dominant person. Yeah, yeah, you Instantly. look much larger than what you are, right? Uh, right, that's cool. Oh, dude. All right, so let's pitch your stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch a bunch of his websites. Um, so uh, we already talked about the one kcwebdesigner.com. That's kcwebdesigner k c webdesigner one one big long word then another one seo for growth.com and that's our book we didn't talk about that but i that's 10 years of me working saying here's the way i look at websites i promise you if you read that book and you implement what's in there it it will work because what we've done for this has just been i've got a lot of people that come and they're just like we i love what you say i can't afford it well if you everything that we do is in that book in fact the engagement at the end is in the book here's the 20 things that we do on a on a monthly basis do this yourself if you have time or the resources to do it um, there's we're not we don't hide anything in there because I get it's we get more business coming in now that we can handle some at some point so we don't you never have 
you, n- you never have um, – there's always room for ideal clients type of thing. But we get a lot of inquiries from folks that maybe aren't a good fit, but we want to help people. I mean that's why I got in this. My passion is I want to help people. So the, really the stuff that's inside the book is real things that will help you if you if you implement them into your business. So um, it's not it's just 15 a bunch of bucks. stuff. 15 <laughs> bucks. All right, everybody, come on. 15 bucks. Go buy it or use your Audible down uh, Audible credit. That's what I do. All right, we got KCSEO Pro. Dot com is another uh, site that you have. Um, because if I could just mention it, one thing about that, so I don't catch up. Is no, I the um, it can't, it got back into where I was mentioning about how niche sites do better than than general sites. I was able to rank my one web design SEO site for a long time and dominate here locally, but more competitors came in, and I, what I decided to do is I said, "Geez, there's enough pools of searches for SEO and web design that it merits me having two separate websites." So when people search for SEO, they land on an SEO website, right? And that ranks higher and it's got more SEO content. And my web design, I you know, cross-promote both of them. But it still plays into that idea where you can see, well, why would you have two websites? Isn't that confusing for the brands? Not really. I want to be what my peop- what my ideal clients are searching for. And mm-hmm. in this case, it, there was enough of a return on investment to make that investment to say, I'm going to have two separate sites that are branded separately so I can, you know, they end up kind of being part of my inbound marketing channel. That's why But you separate. already said that. But you said that earlier that sometimes you got to take and separate the water bottles from the washing machines because there are different audiences looking for them. And then you just got to give a lot of content for that. So that kind of makes sense to me. I mean, that, they're, they're, they're separate, right? They play off of each other. And then I saw you did share some content between the two. So I imagine there's a lot of linking. Okay, so if someone has some follow-up questions um they want more information is there a place on these websites that they can ask a question yes by all means and i love i'm most responsive and i love to hook up with people on um linkedin so that'd be a great place to, to okay do it so too, i have your linkedin seo kansas city uh linkedin.com uh, slash in slash seo kansas city and i'll have links to all that too and i'll put that in here okay man oh man i'm pumped <laughs> you know, it well, it's exciting to me because, you know, is it, well, let me ask this dumb, stupid last question. Is it the end? I mean, it, because we've all been selling so much on Amazon, and, we're, and, and don't get me wrong, we love it. I mean, we're not complaining about it. We're just saying, hey, we better have a B plan. That's my advice. Go all in on Amazon, man. It's the place to be. It's the marketplace. There's none even close. Nothing. All that Walmart.com. Nonsense. It is Amazon, period. However... However, they will change, and they can change your business without your outside of your control. And I'm not saying, you know, plan for the worst or be a naysayer. It's just that you do have to have a B plan. What's my next plan? Is it too late to start a website for my product and actually make sales? Is it too late? I, I don't think it's too late at all. I mean, I actually still think we're still like in the beginning of the golden age of, of um, you know, inbound marketing website stuff because for the most part – most small businesses still don't even have a website. Now it feels doesn't feel like that for e-commerce because e-commerce was born on the web. So, um, but I, I don't. I don't think that it's. I think the more important thing for people to realize is not to put all your eggs in one basket. And the reason I say this is there's a website here that I like to pull up and show people. I show all of our clients that come in. It's been the same way for two years. There's a site called Dogs of the Dow that show the largest companies in the world by market cap. Okay, and the five largest companies in the world right now. Are by in, in order are Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and Facebook. Those are now it, to me. If you think about it, it's mind blowing that it, it's the internet and everything that powers it. They didn't exist. Places. How long ago? 
No, it's not. If you were to think of people, would probably think of some traditional site. But look, Apple's the devices that we consume and buy stuff, you know, content on through the iPhones and their computers. Um, Google's how we search for stuff. Microsoft, again, plays the operating systems, the way we consume content. Amazon represents e-commerce. And to me, it, to, to really the more extent, it represents two things. It represents the way we've become a review-based economy. Because Amazon reviews are essentially the way most people buy everything on that. We all dig around and dig for stuff. But it also is the king of all of Amazon. And then Facebook, that basically represents all social media. But those five places are not only really important, they're important for all businesses. We have to, as businesses everywhere, I don't care if you're a painter or an e-commerce person, you got to be playing in all five of those places because that's where literally all the action is. You know, and it just represents the internet and, and social media and e-commerce and Amazon, those places. So is it too late? No, no, it's not too late. But not only is it too, not too late, but it's, it's almost kind of like unavoidable. I, it's just hard. Right, if I'm right. looking at that one chart of the top five and I'm only playing in one Amazon because I'm in an e-commerce one, that to me should be a little bit of a wake-up call to folks to be like, hey, you know, Apple, Apple uh, Google, Microsoft and are really – your website. And if you don't have a separate, you know what I mean? Those top three to me represent your website. And if you don't have a website, you need to be there to make sure that you're in on that action. Not too the late. Be the best time to start was a couple of years ago. The, the second best time to start today. Exactly. And look at me. I think podcasting right now is like super important. And I'm just like kicking myself for not doing it earlier, but I'm launching mine right now. Never too late to start any of this stuff, right? Even That's though awesome. I get it. I, I, the average podcast lasts seven episodes. The key is to stick with it, period. Phil, man, that is awesome. I appreciate you taking this much time and giving us this much information. That's a lot of talking. You got a lot of words in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pump you out on Google, and it's going to rank me for all these phrases you put out there um, very well because it, you put a lot of great content. Man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. This was fun. I really appreciate this. Wishing nothing but success. Take care. Right back at you. Terrific interview. The dude is smart. Clearly very smart. But what he's saying makes perfect sense. If you've been sitting here thinking about, hey, I need to have a plan for 2018. Well, this is the plan. Create a web presence. Now, I don't know how you create one other than starting with a plan. Put down on paper, you know, the pros and the cons, what you can bring to the market, what you're interested in, and then start to figure out a plan to develop a web asset. Once that asset starts, Build it out, keep adding to it, kind of in that master plan description I talk about, but just build it out. And then in the end, you'll have something of value that you control, not a third party. And I think he did a great job explaining that. Hey, get ready. That Toys for Tots thing that Seller Labs is doing is going to end the 17th, it's their last day. Please make a contribution. It's tax deductible. It's a great business opportunity. It's a chance to give back. You've taken so much. You've earned it. Don't get me wrong. Guilty. However, it's time to give back. Check out the sponsors, especially Seller Labs with that Toys for Tots. Just an awesome, awesome program. EcommerceMomentum.com. EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.